Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome to Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast, the number one spirituality podcast on iTunes. My name is Emma Mumford and I'm your host. I'm the UK's leading law of attraction expert, award-winning life coach, two times best-selling author, manifestation YouTuber, speaker, and badass spiritual queen. I'm here to help you awaken and turn your dream life into an abundant reality and help you create your positively wealthy life full of happiness, abundance, and joy. I do this through sharing the power of law of attraction and spirituality. I hope my podcast will inspire you to raise your game and start living your best life today. Without further ado, let's get started with this week's episode. So welcome Spiritual Queens to another one of my podcast episodes. I'm so excited to have you here today and have the wonderful Kathleen McBride with us. So Kathleen, if you don't know, is a coach, mentor and podcaster who specializes in inner child healing and parts work. It's her mission to support people in healing internal shame, processing past emotional baggage and learning the no fluff kind of self-love that truly sees you through a lifetime of growth, personal expansion and creating your own version of happiness. Welcome to the show, Kathleen. How are you doing? I'm good, Emma. Thank you so much. I was just having a little giggle going, wow, did I write that bio for myself? She sounds amazing. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, I have known about inner child work since, gosh, I feel like 2017. I feel like it was ages ago. So I, as everybody knows who listens to this podcast, I'm a big lover and preacher of inner child work. So I couldn't wait to get you on and discuss all things inner child work for people who want to dive deeper into this, learn more about what the inner child is, and also like how this can help us manifest our desires and, you know, attract that abundance to us. But Kathleen, before we get into all of your goodness, I want to know a question that I ask every guest who comes on the podcast. When did you spiritually awaken? What's your story? Oh, my story. So honestly, I don't think there was never a moment, you know, there was never a moment where it just sort of happened magically. It kind of happened over time. But for me, there was one really significant moment where when I was about 23, which was a while ago now, I went to see um, this past life healer. And I'd been on a wait list of hers. One of my coaches had seen her and raved about her. I'd been on this wait list of hers for like probably close to 18 months. I'd been waiting a long time to see her 
and had always been told, no, she's full, no, she's full. And I must have emailed maybe the fifth time and they said, oh, we've got this, you know, last minute cancellation. And I was like, oh my gosh. Um, So I went into going to see this past life healer and I was just sort of in that stage where I was learning to kind of recognize that I had some issues and some challenges going on. You know, I grew up with a mental health nurse for a mother. So I kind of had had the understanding from a young age, you know, I didn't, I grew up without a father. I knew that I kind of had, you know, daddy issues in quotation marks. I knew that I might have only child syndrome. I moved at a young age. My mum was always very much getting me to talk about my feelings and things like that. And particularly getting me to talk about any anxiety or any fear that I had because I was a really anxious kid um, to the point I'd projectile vomit everywhere because I'd work myself up into such a state. And, um, I went to see this past life healer, not really knowing what I was walking into, thinking, oh, it's going to be so cool. She's going to tell me. I was really at the point where I wanted her to tell me, babe, everything's great. You are meant to be famous and you can quit your job that you hate and you're going to go and make like a million bucks and just go for it. Like you've got this, you know, and it did not happen. You know, I had no idea what I was walking into. And I literally felt so sick the entire time. Like I literally thought I was going to go back to being a child and projectile vomit everywhere because she was psychic. She was this psychic basically breaking down, not just past lives, but I basically walked in and she told me my partner of two years was going to break up with me and that my dad thinks about me and that I have to go find him and, you know, all this crazy stuff. And she just blurted it all out to me and I was so ill prepared for it and so overwhelmed and I would say that's probably if I could pinpoint a moment that was the moment I sort of went oh my god you know and I really began to sort of look at myself and my life and I was in that transition of you know being the party girl I had been traveling a lot I'd recently come home and I knew that my drinking wasn't helping me anymore I'd had friends have chats to me about my drinking and say how much of a problem it was for me. And they were huge drinkers themselves, which made it even more, you know, awful and confronting. (laughs) And I ended up developing an eating disorder at this um, in the years prior to that. And I was starting to recognize that a lot of these things that I was going through weren't normal, you know, as much as I'd been told, oh, it's so normal to, you know, have every thought consumed by your body and by, you know, the guys that you're seeing. And it's it's just normal to constantly crave people's approval and, you know, to feel fear and anxiety all the time. That's just totally normal. It's just you, you know, um, and you're just going to have to deal with it. And I got to that point where I was like, whoa, not only in this past life session, she explained to me that this father wound was, you know, inherited and lifetimes ago. And it was a really interesting experience, but she also basically gave me not a whooping, but like a very gentle slap in the face. And she actually told me, because I'd always known that I'd wanted to find my biological father and I had kind of repressed that. I'd really stuffed it away because it sounded quite complex Mm -hmm. um, and scary, if I'm honest, you know. And um, yeah, she actually said to me, don't come back and see me until you found him. And I was like, Jesus, okay. And keep this in mind, I was born in the UK and I was living in New Zealand most, like I'd moved there when I was three. So I was like, wow, it's not like I can just look up and, you know, the yellow pages as we have in New Zealand. I can't just do, look up the phone book. 
it's it's a lot more complex and you know things like that and she told me my partner at the time was going to leave me who I was living with and oh it was so scary but that was the moment I'd say where everything began to change and I began to really see myself in my life and began to realize there was a lot more than just me on this you know walking through my life there was a lot more happening in that space you know Mm, and what awakening as well. I mean, a pretty brutal one, it sounds like, from this. Like, I don't know how I would respond to that. I'd probably be like, um, okay. Um, but I want to know. It was just a <laughs> I bet. I bet it was. Because obviously, like, if you go into a reading, like you say, you want, like, happy stuff. You want, like, it's all going to work out. Like, all these good things are going to happen. Um, and I've had it in the past, like, especially right at the beginning of my journey as well, where, again, psychics are like, yeah, you're not going to be with that person. Like, this is not going to work out. And, like, you're going to do this. And I remember when I was, like, 18 years old or something, like, my first psychic reading I ever had, um, again, I didn't really know what to expect. It was the first reading ever. And I wasn't really like spiritual or anything like that at the time. And she said to me, she was like, I don't know what you're going to be doing, Emma, but you're going to be helping families with paper, it looks like. And I thought this woman is so full of shit, like helping families with paper. Oh, I don't know, coupon queen, maybe helping families with paper coupons. So it did happen. She was 100% right. But yeah, at the time I was like, oh my God, like what the heck was that reading? Like that was, and she also said to me, like you'll lose everything by, I think it was like 25, but gain everything back by 30. And obviously that like petrified me of like, what the heck is going to happen? But I think it happened a lot quicker in the timeframes, but 100% I can see that how that played out in my life as well so it's interesting isn't it because when you're so young and it's kind of like your first experiences with that sometimes it can feel like you say a whooping of just like oh my god but actually when you can kind of look back and connect the dots it's wild how it sort of plays out and how that kind of I guess manifests into your life but Kathleen I want to know what happened afterwards with your dad tell me the journey (laughs) Oh, mate, it's still going. But so last year I went back to the UK. I found my dad on the internet and I didn't contact him, but I found an address and I walked up and I knocked on his door and I met him and my whole family. Um, I've been back there last year. It had elements of a fairy tale to it. And then it's had elements of being really hard um, and overwhelming and you know, I think you you get this idea in your head when you're trying to find a biological parent that they're a perfect person and that, you know, as a kid, I just yearned for this kind of knight in shining armor, you know, this perfect father figure. And um, yeah, he's just a human being, you know, he's just a human. So it was really good and then it was really bad. And now I'm somewhere in medium land trying to figure it out. And I'm probably going to be trying to figure it out for the rest of my life, if I'm honest. But I did it. I did the scariest fucking thing of my whole life. Literally had to knock on this door. And that story, I will tell that full story one day somewhere. I haven't yet, but it's a really funny story of how it happened in the universe conspiring and just, yeah, the universe really being like, no, 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 you have to face your worst possible fear. Because I'd always known from quite a young age that I would have to go up to the door and I'd have to knock. Like I always had that vision of myself going and like, I told like I had that happen and you know the tears in my eyes the like the the just heart 
pounding like Jesus Christ. Um, and yeah, I had that happen. And my Lord, it has been, you know, it's funny on this journey that we're on. We think, well, our ego likes to tell us that we're taking steps ahead and it's going to get better, but sometimes it just gets a whole lot more complicated, you know? The healing journey's like, nope, we're going to go in a spiral instead. Um, yeah, no, I get that. And definitely I can imagine it's very confronting as well to one, be an adult and obviously, you know, going along this journey and like showing up as an adult. But then I suppose there's the inner child element as well that is meeting her dad for the first time, that's having to confront and address all these things. So I can imagine it's 100% being a roller coaster and like, you know, it, it, it's that unraveling, isn't it, of the healing of the layers of everything in this inner journey of, yeah, like last year I had something really confronting come up for myself from my own childhood. And it's just bizarre, no matter how prepared you feel with the inner work, sometimes it really just does come out left field and you're like wow like this isn't working the same way as like other healing or other wounds or other beliefs that had kind of come up so um you know it's incredible that you found him and I hope that obviously you can continue to find that happy medium with the healing of it but we've spoken a lot about inner child so I'm sure everyone's like well what is an inner child Emma so Kathleen what do you believe the inner child is and do we all have one well, yes. And I mean, it's so funny, you know, just briefly telling that story about my dad, because without doing inner child work, I don't think I ever would have had the courage to actually follow through with that. You know, um, it was a very triggering experience for my inner child. It still is, you know. And so, yes, the inner child, of course, I am 100% in the belief that we all have one. The inner child is one of our many parts. So I like to describe this in the analogy of thinking like there's a car and there's multiple people in the car and each of these people are different parts of you. And these parts of you are created at all stages of time at all. You know, you could be have a part of you that's five years old, nine years old, 12 years old. There's these almost multiple personalities that are created in these spaces and time, they can be created based on trauma. They can be created based on unmet needs. They can be created based on happiness and huge emotion. But these parts of you almost get created and they live within us. And again, it's helpful to think about it like a car and multiple parts of you are in the car and whoever is in the driver's seat. So when you get triggered and your inner child takes over, your inner child, this five-year-old version of you is driving a car and they have no fucking clue how to drive. So they're making the decisions for your life and your choices. You know, For me, that looked like drinking myself into a stupor every time because I needed the, the alcohol to boost my confidence. My inner child drove me to an eating disorder. You know, I was so, I hated my body. I was obsessed with trying to be better. My inner child drove me to gain approval from any man I could find, you know, and for a really long period of my life, my inner child was driving the car. It was making my decisions, my choices. It was responsible for my thoughts. I was almost in this like constantly, very easily triggered state because when you think about it, a child, which is exactly what this is, it's just a young part of you. If you can imagine a young version of you, a child is really easily triggered. You know, they don't know how to deal with their emotions or they're unable to see multiple perspectives or, you know, they're unable to understand and grasp different concepts. They just think everything is about them and everything's their fault and everyone's out to get them, you know, and everything's unfair. We've got all of this stuff. So 
yes, I 100% believe that we all have an inner child. In fact, I believe that we have multiple of them. And I really believe, Emma, that we're in a bit of a crisis at the moment where so many people are operating in their adult life from their inner child's lens. Mm -hmm. They're walking through their life making decisions from a young part of themselves rather than from an adult part of themselves, you know? And that's where we see people continuing to engage in things like people-pleasing and self-abuse and anxiety and all these things I think are driven so much from this young part of us that's triggered and driving this car. Mm, so true and I love the analogy as well because like in a lot of kind of more professional texts or things I've read about inner child work you know obviously it's described as part of your psyche so I love that the car analogy just breaks that down for the everyday people like myself who are like oh that makes a lot more sense definitely so yeah I feel like when I first discovered my inner child it was actually in a really interesting situation because I'd had these really persistent negative beliefs keep coming up intrusive thoughts like torturing me basically every single day and I was trying to push it down and obviously use the not so great teaching of law of attraction of just like think positive thoughts if anything negative comes up replace it with a positive and nothing was working literally nothing and you know from there I got so frustrated that I was just like what is your problem like I just spoke to myself and was like what is going on what is your problem and then this little voice was like I feel scared And obviously at the time I was like, well, what the heck was that? Like, where's that coming from? But obviously with time, I learned that that was my inner child and that actually the inner child, like you say, goes in that driving seat. It is, you know, helping us make choices, decisions. And also when we'll turn it into like the manifestation perspective, when we have those inner blocks, inner work, limiting beliefs, fears, you know, I do believe that is coming from that inner child who is, you know, trying to drive that car and be like, okay, we want to manifest X amount of money or we want to manifest that job. Ah, okay, I don't know what I'm doing sort of thing. Um, And it's really interesting because the more you learn about inner child, you know, I can see like in moments where a friend's reacting to something or I've seen something online or whatever I can see oh okay there's there's the inner child and I can witness it in myself as well in you know past reactions or the way that I felt triggered by things it's just so interesting when you can then see it through the lens of okay so we've all got this inner child and that inner child is driving sometimes and that's why that person does that or that's why I do this and that's how that shows up in my life so I think it's fascinating when you dive into this work because of just how deep it can go, but also how deeply healing it can be as well. Like, Mm. I feel like inner child work is literally the number one reason why the inner work has worked for me. And obviously, you know, so, so powerful in helping us to align with our desires and align with our manifestations. So I want to know, Kathleen, how has inner child work changed your life personally? What has it helped you do? Oh, so much. I honestly... If you could have met me, even the fact that I'm here on this pod, this amazing podcast with you is incredible. You know, I look back to myself 10 years ago and I was this anxious, quaking, you know, constantly doubting myself and so self-conscious, you know, everything. I was just worried about everything and anything and every possibility. And I always had this deep desire to, you know, speak up, to be seen, to be heard, like most of us do. In fact, it actually started out my inner child when I was young. I really wanted to be famous because 
in, in the work that I've done, I've discovered that came from this young part of me that wanted my father to be able to see me and to find me, you know, and if I was famous, it would be easy. And I, I look at that and I think that's actually quite beautiful, you know, to, to understand where that part of me comes from and why I have had that drive in the past. But in terms of how it's changed my life and how it's actually helped me personally is everything. So one, addressing my daddy issues, actually getting to the root cause and going to find my dad on the other side of the world, facing my literal worst fear and living to tell the tale, you know? Um, And then the other side of the coin has really been for me with an eating disorder and my body image. Like I mentioned, I just hated myself and my body and I harmed myself over and over and over again. And it was to the point where like I grew up with a mental health nurse for a mother. I knew what an eating disorder was, but my brain was so powerful. It protected me so much from being able to see that the behaviors I was engaging in were self-harm and were an eating disorder that I didn't figure it out until, you know, a year or two after I had engaged in those behaviors severely for the last time. And that was just mind blowing to me that, you know, these different parts of my psyche could block things like that out. And then when I started to go on that healing journey after the psychic, you know, rocked my world in all of the best ways. And I started to explore this idea that maybe it might be okay to like myself and maybe it's okay if I do feel anxious sometimes, but it doesn't need to be my every moment of every day. And maybe I deserve good things. Maybe I'm not a sack of shit. Maybe I don't have to hate myself anymore. Maybe I don't have to, you know, constantly try and please every person I encounter and be whoever they want me to be. Maybe I can just be myself and that's enough. And I really think that's how it's helped me. And I look at the life that I've lived and that I'm living. And although it totally has hard moments, it's still just, I sit back in awe and I'm amazed. I'm like, how did I get here? You know, I'm like, how did I get to a place where even just now it's, it might sound so simple to you, but I just had this huge dinner and I had, you know, three pieces of delicious garlic bread and I had just gone to the movies and I had popcorn and a frozen Coke. And I didn't even think twice about the fact that I I was, you know, not allowed to have this food or that this food would make me fat or I should be eating differently or I'm going to need to work out more tomorrow you know, those thoughts kind of just consumed my entire. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hid every moment of my life. Um, up until probably three, four years ago. And so inner child work has just allowed me to become more of who I really am. It's opened me up to a lot more love and vulnerability and connection with people. I have such fulfilling, deep connections in my life with the people I'm close with. I really feel seen and heard as me. And I challenge myself every day and I'm compassionate to myself because I understand when the pain is coming up and when I get triggered, I understand and have the tools to know how to work with this part of me. It's given me the ability to live. It's as simple as that, you know? I love that. And just yes to all of it. I agree with all of it because yeah, like I've definitely felt like pretty much all of that as well. And I think it's, you know, it's coming home to yourself. It's being your own best friend. And I think it is that compassion, that acceptance, that unconditional love that you can then cultivate and grow and nurture for yourself. And as we know, with the law of attraction, you know, when you feel that within yourself, of course, that's going to reflect in the outer, that's going to reflect in your personal relationships, romantic relationships, family, friends, whatever. Um, And I think it's so beautiful when you do see through the lens of love more and you can, yeah, almost view your life from a very different place. And it's really interesting because I feel like from doing so much inner child work over the years, but especially the last year and really coming home and, and learning about that as well. I almost feel like I'm starting again, if that makes sense. Even though I'm 30 years old, I feel like I'm kind of oh, okay, so now I can give my inner child the life that she's always wanted. And I can, yeah, like almost hit that reset button and now give her everything that she needed as a child, that she wanted in her childhood, that she didn't maybe get. Um, and I think it's just so refreshing and and almost like, well, it's healing, of course, but it's refreshing and fun, I think, to then feel that excitement of the inner child and be like, oh, okay, I'm an adult, but I still get to have that fun side. I still get to experience all the fun stuff that I wanted to as a child. And I think even, you know, just working through inner child work brings so much fun into what can be quite a serious adult life. So if anybody's listening who feels their life's quite serious and it's just mundane and it's the same thing, routine, like inner child work, a hundred percent brings that fun spark back into your life and just creates so much childlike magic that I think, you know, we all have as a child. We always, you know, I remember being a kid, like believing in fairies and like seeing all the magic in the garden and all that. And, you know, we lose that kind of childlike like spark and magic because the world gets serious we're taught you know that's woo woo don't do that anymore Emma you know go to school go get a job like obviously life becomes very serious so it's amazing how much fun and joy and obviously joy is the ultimate creator with manifestation as well so I always see manifesting in the inner child work really really close together because or like hand in hand because of how much abundance you can create with your inner child involving them in that process but then also getting to that into that vibration and state of joy and fun um, which can be done with the inner child so I think it's like incredible work to do for the healing work but also great to do for manifesting as well. Totally totally and it's 
it's beyond powerful, I think. Like you said, I think so many of us find manifesting and think that it's going to be like this magic wand life hack. And really what it is, is like, oh, no, 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 no. You are going to just dive right into the biggest, boldest healing journey and meet all these parts of you that have been, you know, shaded in shame and pain and fear based on, you know, your experiences in your childhood, which something that's really interesting, which we can touch on is you probably get the same, Emma, but a lot of clients come to me and they say, my childhood wasn't that bad. I didn't go through any severe trauma and things like that. And while I'm like, oh, love that for you. That's fantastic, you know? But again, what's important to understand when we're talking about, you know, having a wounded inner child, we're talking about your life from the lens of being a child, you know? A child just thinks everything is about them and they make up things about the world. You know, they say the sky is blue because, you know, every morning um, someone goes and puts blue dye and blows it into space. You know, like as kids, we make up these stories as to why things make sense. And those stories become our belief systems when we don't have a parent or a caregiver actually sitting there and, you know, getting to explain things to us in ways that we'll understand And then you realize as an adult, oh my God, I'm carrying all of these beliefs about the world and about myself and about how things work and hot topic really within a child work is money, right? You know, as a kid, I remember having those, just that moment of being so confused, being like, oh, so you hand this paper over and you get this, you know, and then seeing the introduction of like credit cards and being like, oh, so you hand a card over and you get things, you know, um, But thinking about it from that lens, about all of the beliefs that you absorbed and you're just, as a child, you're a sponge, you're just absorbing and building, basically you're you're building your instruction manual for how the world works, your own encyclopedia from those ages of zero to seven, but you're making it up from one, what you see and observe to the experiences that you have but you're making sense of it in a child's mind, not your adult mind. Do you know what I mean? So like relationships are such a good one to look at because I actually watched, um, sorry, I'm loving the movies right now because it's so fucking hot here. I feel like that's all I want to do and go get the beautiful aircon. But I, if you want to go and look at some triggered inner children, you guys need to go watch this new hot movie called Anyone But You. You've probably seen the ads for it. It's got, I think it's a Glenn Powell and um, what's her name? Sydney Sweeney. The whole movie, you will be like bashing your head against the door because it's just constant miscommunication after miscommunication. It's just them each getting triggered, not having the skills to talk about it and either going off in a huff or blowing up and getting angry like they would have done as kids. And it's just hilarious to be able to witness things like that. And you'll see it in real life too, like you spoke about, Emma, to see people's inner child getting triggered and going, oh, I'm not speaking to their adult self right now. I'm speaking to like a seven-year-old version of them. I might have to tread carefully here, you know? It's really interesting to see that. So go and watch that movie so you guys can see what I mean for yourself, okay? I love it. So what are your top tips, Kathleen, for us to start working with our inner child and building that relationship with them? Great question. And I'm all about top tips and exercises. And something I want to get really clear with anyone who is starting this, like you said, it's a very serious healing journey, isn't it? It can be very intimidating. It can feel too much. We have this 
false bullshit idea that when we start doing this work, and especially with the inner child, we kind of think we have to go go through these, you know, three hour emotional releases and we have to cry and roll around on the ground every time to work with our inner child. And we've got to do that every couple of months to have a big breakthrough and to bust through that limiting belief and then we'll be fixed and then we'll be cured. But that is not it. That is probably the worst thing you can do for your, for your, not only for your nervous system, but for your inner child, you know? And so I really want to address with anyone my top tip for actually doing inner child healing and integrating it into your life and using it as a vehicle to manifest and to see change within yourself and your life is to commit to the smallest, most consistent moments. I give my clients, I say 30 seconds every day. If you can check in with that young part of you each day, you're on top of the world. So my tips really are, it's to make it less complicated. And when you look at kids, the, the thing that makes the difference to them the most is when you show up. It doesn't matter if you show up and your hair looks great. It doesn't matter if you spend three hours with them, you know, taking them to a theme park. What matters the most to them is that you just show up. And that's what inner child healing work is about, is about becoming your own best inner parent and giving yourself that consistent love. The two things that I think it grounds most into when you do the work with your inner child is working with your fear. So I do a lot of fear work with my clients. Our unconscious fears are driving us. And as kids, these are when we develop our fears about, you know, and our limiting beliefs. I'm not enough. I'm never going to make it. I'm pathetic. The world doesn't work this way. People are out to get me. So working with those deep unconscious fears and learning how to feel and process emotions. Those are the Three things you need to focus on is consistency, working through fears, and finally feeling your feelings instead of suppressing and avoiding them. Those are my real top tips is to start to turn towards that part of yourself in a manageable way. And I'll share with you, I'm so happy to share this resource because it's incredible and it's a great way to start. I created um, a year or two ago, actually, a five-day inner child healing challenge, and it's 10-minute recorded guided practice each morning for five days. And it will walk you through the five crucial steps to inner child healing. And I've gotten these beautiful messages back, particularly from a lot of men. And I don't work with a lot of men normally, but saying, you know, for the first time I cried and I'm not someone that cries, but just the deep emotional work that can come from building this connection to this young part of you is quite beautiful. And I think we get overwhelmed as to where to start. You know, that's same with manifestation, right? We're like, where the hell do I start figuring this out? So for inner child work, go and find those resources because there's so many of them out there that are in short snippets, short and manageable snippets so that you don't overwhelm your system. Mm. And I think it's about being gentle, like you say, it's regulating that nervous system. And I think like the one thing, cause I, when I was going like, yes, yes, yes. When you were saying, I bet Emma, you have clients like this. I was saying it more for myself, more than clients saying it to me. Cause I used to be that person who was like, I didn't really have a bad childhood. Nothing really happened. So I don't really know why I have depression, why I wanted to commit suicide, why I had crippling anxiety all my life, why I had panic attacks every day for eight years, why I had mental health issues, why I continue to have block after block come up with my manifesting. So I was definitely that person. And of course, it can look like so many different things for everybody. No, you know, it doesn't always have to be that extreme. But I feel like sometimes if you do feel like, well, I feel like there is something there, but I'm not sure. And 
I don't think anything, you know, particularly happened, but I kind of feel like there could be something there to explore. That can feel quite overwhelming and quite scary as well. And I just want to say to people, like, it never just comes up like bloom, like you've ripped a plaster off and like everything comes to the surface and you've literally just like opened page one of an inner child book. It never happens like that. Like with any healing, it always comes up in ways that you can manage. The universe always only ever gives us what we can manage. And it come, and healing is like a, an onion, I always describe it as, of like layers, layers that come up that you work through. So it could look like something very easy to work through that could maybe take a couple of months to explore. It could be something that could be a year long journey for you. And it just gradually and gently unfolds at different points. So nothing is going to come up drastically. I think, you know, whilst you're kind of entering into that work. So I think just go gentle, read some great books on inner child work, do Kathleen's five day course she was talking about the challenge. And I think as well, it's just it's just building that relationship first of all and just really getting to know your inner child rather than you know let's do the work because I think you know as manifestors and if anyone's like me I was like right inner child let's do the work but if you're working with a child you will know that children don't just want to work they want to play and they want to feel safe first so for me working with the inner child is all about play first it's about getting to know them play fun like really you know building that connection so they know that you're not just there to do the work and all the serious boring adult stuff you know you're there to have fun and explore and listen to them as well their needs what they want so Kathleen I guess a question a roundabout question from all of that is is I do get quite a lot from people when we do inner child meditations or we start to dive into this work that people say I can't connect my inner child or they feel scared to connect to their inner child. So what would your advice be for anybody who's struggling or maybe feels scared to even go into this work? Mm, It's so funny because you're already doing it. When they have that moment and they say to you, I'm scared or I am encountering resistance, that's your younger self right there. You've met them. It's happening, you know? And I think a lot of us don't realize this. We, we have this idea of what the inner child is going to feel like. And it's meant to be, you know, this glorious, beautiful moment. You know, it's like manifestation. You know, you think I'm going to have this great moment where everything just lands and it makes sense. But the inner child is actually really complex. And anxiety, fear, insecurity, and resistance and anger are probably the top five emotions that you will first encounter, you know? And so again, like what you said, Emma, go gentle. So as soon as you, and this is what I teach in parts work, that's why I ended up expanding into somatic parts work rather than solely the inner child is because there's all these other parts of you that exist too. And they might need your attention first, you know, within parts work, we have a a category, categories of different parts. One of them is protector. So there are protective parts of us and there are vulnerable parts of us. The vulnerable parts are our inner child. You know, they're the parts that went through pain and trauma and confusion and that don't feel good enough. And we also have the, you know, we've developed over time these amazing coping mechanisms in the form of protectors. So we develop these big, strong, you know, almost security guard looking people that protect our inner child from ever getting triggered. So that's why you raise such a beautiful point that you're never going to get to something that you can't deal with. You know what I mean? Like you're never going to unravel fully something that you can't actually grasp because of the fact that 
your psyche is so complex already. It, it has layers built into it to protect those vulnerable parts of you. And you have so many protectors. So anger, anger is a great protector. Resistance, great protector. Even fear can be a protector in some lenses as well. And so learning how to, and this is, this is what I specifically walk clients through first, is learning to work with the protector. Because you have to work with that part first before you can almost get to that vulnerable sense. And that's why it's been really helpful to learn tools that apply to all parts of you rather than specifically the inner child. So that when something comes up, like, you know, resistance, fear, anger, anxiety, worry, overwhelm, you know how to work with that emotion that's coming up. And that will allow you to slowly work through the layers of protection, of avoidance, of suppressed emotion that you've spent, you know, years of your life just stacking all these things that you didn't want to feel or acknowledge on top of the other and you'll work slowly through those layers. So does that make sense about the protective and the vulnerable? Yeah, definitely. Definitely it does. Thank you for sharing that. So my last question today then, Kathleen, is what is one piece of life advice that you would like to leave my lovely listeners with? Mm. There is a younger, vulnerable, scared, overwhelmed, anxious, angry, younger part of you that is just simply begging for your attention and for your love every single day. And this is your inner child and they need you. They need you to acknowledge them. They need you to feel them. They need you to turn towards your own pain and your own insecurity and your own, you know, your doubt that you have about yourself and your capabilities. There's a younger part of you that needs you. And I love thinking about it from that lens because it it actually brings about in me this like stepping up, you know, this like, oh my God, they need me, you know? Um, and so that's what I would say is that you've got this insecure part of you that is just calling out for you. So you know, get support, take courses, read a book, or just, you know, sit with your inner child or any feelings that come up, even if it's for 30 seconds every day, just make it, make it consistent, just turn towards all the uncomfortable things you don't want to turn towards. And if it's only for 30 seconds every day, that's more than enough. And it will help you to stop continuing to shut down and to repress and to avoid all of the emotions that we experience as humans, which is what caused so many problems for us, you know, physical pain, problems manifesting, you know, anxiety, depression, all these things come from these emotions that we don't know how to feel. So take time with those parts of you that are feeling those things. Mm, love that Kathleen beautiful so where can everybody find you if they want to learn more about your work yes come over and find me um mostly I'm probably on Instagram I'm at Kathleen.mindsetcoach and I have my own podcast which Emma and I did a wonderful episode with which you really should go listen to because it was really cool we talked a lot about inner child and manifesting and blocks and things like that we really dove in quite deep actually Um, I got a lot from that episode. Um, So I have my own podcast and it's been rebranded recently. So it's now called the What to Do When podcast. So every question under the sun, we're answering one step at a time. But yeah, come and find me on Instagram. I'm at Kathleen.MindsetCoach and I will share the link with you, Emma, for that free five-day inner child healing challenge so that people have something to start with, you know. And um, yeah, I look forward to connecting with some of you who are really resonating with this work. It's and it's never too late, you know. Funnily enough, I'm 
getting a lot of lovely older women um, in their 50s and 60s coming to me. And the question that I keep consistently getting asked is, is it too late? Um, and I think that's a beautiful, vulnerable question that we have, that we ask sometimes, right? We're almost like, is it, you know, is it even worth it? And I just, I, I'm sure you would say the same thing, Emma, but I just want to tell you it's never too late and it is so worth it. You were so worth, like you deserve good things. You were just so worth investing in yourself and in your mental health and your happiness. Yes, love it, love it. And we will put a clickable link to everything Kathleen has mentioned in the show notes below. So a nice, easy link will be there for you. But thank you so much, Kathleen, for coming on today. It's honestly been such a joy chatting with you, discussing all the all things in a child, which is my favorite thing to discuss. And of course, <laughs> manifesting as well. And I know that everybody listening has probably got so much from this. So go do the free five-day challenge, you know, connect in each day, like Kathleen said, for just those 30 seconds, like like it will change so much for you, even just to regulate your nervous system, even just to feel peace and calm. Um, it will change so much for you. So thank you so much, Kathleen, for coming on and sharing your pearls of wisdom with us. Thank you, Emma. So thank you so much, gorgeous souls, for joining me for another one of my podcast episodes today. I really hope you have enjoyed Kathleen and I's conversation. As always, you can find a clickable link to Kathleen's work in the description below. And if you want to learn anything more about myself, my books, my videos, or anything else that I have to offer, you can find it all at emmamumford.co.uk. So thank you so much, gorgeous souls, for listening. I appreciate all your views and listens. Don't forget to subscribe if you're new here, because I would love, love to see you again soon. Don't forget you can also join my free Law of Attraction support group over on Facebook, where you can join myself and other like-minded souls, where we talk all things Law of Attraction and spirituality. I hope you have an amazing week, whatever you're up to, and I'll see you all in my next podcast episode, which will be next week. Lots of love. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.